0: So glad I can say that. Know that He is mine. Go ahead and take your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of Genesis, chapter two. Genesis chapter two. It's oh. going to look at a very familiar story. And I'm hoping th- uh, in the, through this message, I, uh, you know, I, I do my best in uh, messages. To try to. Explain things in a way that can kind of help you understand, uh, understand, you know, why the Bible says some of the things that it does. You know, the truth is, we don't have to know why God wants us to do certain things or why not to. If He says we ought to do something, we ought to do it. We ought to have that kind of faith. Uh, we ought to have that kind of obedience. We, uh, we try that with our kids. We tell them, you know, when they're from a young age, we try to get them to. Listen to us because we're their parents, and just trust us to, uh, and that just trust that we know what we're talking about, and that we know what's best for you. But you know, there are some things though that we see in it as after you obey them for a while, and you do. So there are some things you're going to have to obey them for a while before you understand it. But you, uh, God will show you, and kind of you'll see. Okay, now I get why this is so important and sometimes people understand but it's after it's too late and they've kind of messed everything up but hopefully this will help, this message will be a help to you and i'm going to talk this morning about the blessing of innocence the blessing of innocence it is something that uh, we don't have a whole lot of these days it is hard to keep your innocence i, uh, I know uh, most of us in know, we're adults and we've uh, you've been you've been around for a while and in many areas you've probably lost your innocence in a lot of ways and once you lose it there's nothing you can do about it but at the same time uh, there's still there's still a lot there are some things uh, I don't think anybody in here has discovered all that there is uh, when it comes to sin and you'll find out that there are some that the innocence is such a huge blessing it is so important It is, and I think it will help you understand you know, why we preach some of the things that we preach so hard why we try to teach these things to our children at a young age but look, look at Genesis chapter two, and verse sixteen, says that the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die." Now, we you all know this story, but one command at this time there was only one law. When God created man, there was only God only gave him one law. There was only one sin for them that they could t- to even commit. Man and woman, they, they were perfect. God made Adam and Eve perfect. They were the perfect man, the perfect woman. And they had just one law, don't eat of that tree. And you all know the story. They ended, They did. They ended up eating the tree of that tree. It says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes... And it be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Notice that statement. How it says, "And they knew that they were naked." It says in Genesis chapter uh, in Genesis chapter two, it says that the man and the woman they were naked and were not ashamed. We call this time, it was a time of innocence. They, they didn't know sin. There was no knowledge of sin for them. And it was kind of like a little baby. You can take a little baby and it can be laying there naked and it doesn't care. It doesn't. It's not embarrassed if everybody sees it that way. It's a baby. It's innocent. It doesn't understand that yet. And Adam and Eve, when they ate that fruit, they lost their innocence that day. All of a sudden they looked and they, they realized that hey we're naked. There's a problem and they went and they uh, sewed fig leaves together to try to, to try to cover that nakedness and it wasn't good enough and they knew it. And when God came along and he was looking for them, they went and they hid themselves from the presence of God because they were they were naked and they were ashamed. They had lost their innocence that day. That was the day that mankind fell. But I want us to think about some things that, you know, so why why did they eat the fruit? What made them go? And take that fruit. I wonder if maybe, and I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, I'm totally speculating here, but seeing that Adam and Eve are all of our great-great-great-grandparents and we all have inherited some things from them, I can just imagine from judging from my own life and from everybody around me, I could just imagine Adam maybe saying, you know, I understand that God told us that we shouldn't eat that tree. And listen, they didn't know why really. They didn't, they didn't know why. They had no idea. Adam and Eve had no idea that when they ate that fruit, that that was going to be the fall of man. That as a result of that, not many years later, that their son was going to kill their other son. That the world was going to get so wicked because of sin that God was going to to destroy it with the flood. And that it was going to get so wicked that God was going to have to bring, uh, to give them a whole, a law and that they weren't going to keep that law and that finally someday God himself was going to have to come and die on a cross to pay for the sins of the world. They had no idea. They had no idea that if they ate that fruit that someday that there would be wars and that there would be murders and all the horrible things that have gone, on, that someday that there would be sickness. They didn't know what sickness was. They didn't know that that because of them eating that fruit, that eventually all these things were going to come, they had no idea. Now God knew, but they didn't. And Adam, he's he doesn't understand. He has no idea. And I wonder if he's like, you know. The knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, I'd like to find out for myself what that's like. Young people, even adults, say that all the time. I I know we're taught to say no to drugs, but I I want to see for myself. I want to see what it's all about. Uh, You know, the uh, alcohol industry, very, very successful, very popular. You know, I wonder what it's all about. I wonder what it's like to get drunk. I wonder what it's like to get stoned. I wonder what it's like. I want to see for myself. I wonder if maybe Adam had that kind of mentality. I want to see it for myself. I wonder if maybe Adam said something like this I don't see anything wrong with eating from that tree. What's the difference in eating from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the tree of life, or all the other trees? It's fruit just like the rest of them. I don't see. Anything wrong? People say that all the time. I don't see anything wrong with this. I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, you know, the Bible says it's wrong. Maybe we ought to just trust it. Maybe we don't have to understand it. I mean, teenagers, I mean, all the time they'll say, you know, they, they like to make that statement. Now, I don't, see, I don't see what's wrong with this person. You know, guys would be wise to listen to their moms when it comes to girls that they're wanting to date. And a lot of times, moms, you know, they, they can see things in those girls that the young guys can't see because those moms, they were a teenage girl at one time. They they are a girl. They know they know better than the other girls. Girls would be wise to listen to their dads when it comes to the guy that they're wanting to date. The dad was a teenage guy at one time. He knows guys better than the girl does. They would be wise to listen. But a lot of times, I don't see anything wrong with that person. And as parents, you plead with them. Can you just trust me on this one? Can you just trust me? They, have, they 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 can instinctively see those things, and usually when they don't listen, then they get in trouble. And we know that happened with Adam. I wonder if Adam might have said something like this. Everybody else is doing it. Think about it. Eve ate the fruit, didn't she? Everybody else in the world had had was doing it. You know, we use that excuse all the time. Hey, most people, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. I saw a commercial one time. We were at the Museum of Science and Industry, and they had a uh, it was a temporary display there, and it was all about drugs and trying to scare kids away from trying drugs. And they were playing some song, I think it was some oldie song, that everybody's doing it or something. And it's showing this guy, you know, leaning over a toilet and throwing up and shaking and going into convulsions, all these things, and it was. Uh, some of the side effects of some of the drugs and they're playing that song like it's so exciting and they're advertising, it's like it was like they were doing a commercial advertising heroin or something like it was a good thing with the music and with what they were saying, but they were showing what it really does and I just thought that the song was funny that everybody's everybody's doing it and I wonder if Adam said that. I wonder if Adam said this this is this is a big one this is a big one that people use I mean this one. I mean, this will trump any argument to give me. You can read people scripture after scripture. You can tell them what God says about a certain issue. But a lot of times we're going to come back with this one. This is a good one. that is, well, I disagree. Well, who cares if you disagree with God? Okay, if you want to disagree with me, that's okay. But why would you disagree with God? You can do that if you want, but you're going to be wrong. I disagreed with God plenty of times in my life. And guess what? I was wrong 100% of those times. And there's been many times I've disagreed with God and I went ahead and didn't do what I agreed with just because I thought God knows best. And there's there's lots of verses I disagree with. You know, submit yourself to the higher powers. Okay? You know, talking about, you know, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. I mean, there's plenty of verses in the Bible that you can go to that says, you know, we ought to be Paying taxes and things like that, I disagree. <laughs> but you know what? I better go ahead and do it. Not just because I'm scared of the IRS, and by the way, I am scared of them, but also because I want to be obedient to the Scriptures. I'm, I'm more—I I'm, fear God more than I fear the IRS. But I wonder if maybe—I wonder if maybe Adam said something like, "Well, it's not fair that Eve knows what it's like and I don't." You know, kids have used that—they've done that with their parents before. Their parents are telling them, "Hey, you shouldn't do something." And they're like, well, you did it when you were a teenager. Exactly. And that's why I'm telling you not to do it. Because I understand that, you know, what it will do. It got me in trouble, and it will get you in trouble. But people don't want to listen. And you know, we don't know what all was going on in Adam's mind that day, but we do know that, that day that they both lost their innocence. The knowledge of evil and I believe it didn't come by some magical ingredient that was in the fruit. I believe it came from the experience of disobedience. Some people they say that the you know it was probably an apple tree. They from the Bible doesn't say what kind of tree it was. But the truth is it could have been an apple tree, pear tree, orange tree. It could I don't think it was what kind of tree it was. I think it was the simple fact that God said don't eat of that tree, he could have picked any other tree and said, "Don't eat of that tree." And I believe that the same results would have happened. Once they had experienced disobedience, it was all—it was different now. They'd lost their innocence; they fell, and that—and the loss of, in, uh, of innocence. Many times, it's a gradual thing, and it comes by certain things. And one of those things that comes by is that gaining a knowledge of sin. There's something inside all of us that wants to know, have the knowledge of things that we ought to be ignorant of. At gaining that knowledge of sin, there are some there are some sins that you and I we don't we don't get we don't understand because we've never experienced it. You you watch the news and you hear some of these stories about things that people have done, and we listen and we just gasp in horror. I mean, it makes us sick to our stomach. We think, how could people? Do that. You know, how could somebody? I, I can't imagine, you know, taking a knife and killing somebody. I just, I, I can't imagine taking somebody's life. Unless it was, especially, especially an innocent life. So if somebody was breaking into my house or something, I'd have no problem, you know, blowing a hole in their head. I, but at the same time, I'd feel bad about it afterwards. I would. I, I'd pro- it'd probably make me sick. I do it in a heartbeat. I heard, uh, I heard a preacher say it this week and I thought it was good, I'm gonna steal it. He was just like, he said, I don't lock the doors of my house for my protection. I lock the doors of my house for your protection. <laughs> and, uh, he, he's got a, you know, he's got a good gun collection everything. And, uh, but at the same time, man, taking somebody's life, even if you were felt threatened, that would be hard. I, I, and and just going and plotting and planning to go and kill somebody. I mean, we've heard we've heard stories about parents. We the uh, story about the mom that went and drowned all of her kids in the bathtub. Went took each of her kids and drowned in the bathtub. I just I can't imagine. Like, I, I it wouldn't be physically possible for me to to do that to my child or to anybody. But yet, there are people they don't just. Get there overnight. There that knowledge of sin, there's people gradually a lot of times get into things. And they the more they experience, the more they're able to do, the more they the more they understand. I can't imagine that. But if you get involved in certain sins, you wouldn't be able to imagine that. You would be able to uh, you would understand it. There are some sins that we all understand. We all understand things like losing your temper. We all understand that. We all understand things like uh, you know, sins of vengeance, trying to carry out vengeance on people, trying to get back at somebody maybe for something they did to us. We understand that. But hopefully, you've done a good job of not doing those sins even though you understand it, uh, even though you felt it. There's been things that I've done in the past that when I did it, I felt terrible after I did it. I wished I hadn't done it. And it's helped keep me from doing it again even when I've been tempted. But if I was just to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, it's only a matter of time. It would it wouldn't even bother me anymore, and I'm going to be able to go stoop to a whole new level and get worse and worse. And it comes with that knowledge of sin. But if you don't ever do the first one, you can't get. You're not going to get to that lower level. But that lost innocence comes by gaining a knowledge of sin, and then after we get the knowledge of sin, uh, we find out what it is. You know, for example, there are some things, there are some sins that my kids. Don't even know about yet. Now you and I do. There's a lot, but uh, you know, just from maybe we've never experienced them, but we know about them. Uh, There's, you know, from you know, you hear, I tell you, there's stuff that you hear in the news sometimes, and it's like, you know, I remember being younger and you hear them talking about that, and you're like, what in the world? And you learn what it is, and it just makes you sick. I mean, there is some sick. Sick stuff out there, but think about it: a young person who has no knowledge of a certain sin, how are they going to commit that sin? How are they going to do it if they don't even if they don't even know what it is? And I don't even want to name some of the sins because there are there are younger kids in here. But there, but once we gain a knowledge of sin, then comes a desire to understand the sin. We want to understand it. So I mean, you know? I'd like to be a help to drug addicts, but I don't. I don't get what they're going through. Maybe I should start taking drugs and then I can get addicted and then I can clean myself up and then I'll know what they're going through. Wouldn't that be wise? Absolutely not. <laughs> but there, there are some people that's, that's kind of how they think. they want they want they, I want to see what this is all about. Man, you see on TV, all those beer commercials, all the people having a good time partying and drinking. Well, man, what's that all about? I know the beer It looks gross. I know it smells bad. I know people do gross stuff and you know, vomit and all those things. that come with getting drunk. But look at all the fun they're having on the commercials. What's that all about? There must be something to it. Maybe I ought to go try it out. The drugs. Why, why, are kids, why are kids going after these drugs? Why are people spending so much money on all these drugs? Why is it so popular even though it's illegal? Even though everybody's telling us not to do it, people keep doing it. What is the attraction? Maybe I ought to go try it out. And that's kind of what people think. And I know I'm using some extremes here, but we do those in smaller examples too. We want to see what it's all about. We want to understand it. And so, we experience it. Maybe the first time we don't do it ourselves, maybe you watch. you watch other people do it. You watch, you, you know, you'll go to the party. You won't do the drugs. Maybe you won't drink the beer, but you watch. And you know, if you get around that stuff, it's only going to be a matter of time before you're going to be involved. And you're going to be doing it yourself. We have that desire to understand sin, and then after we've understand it, after we've uh, after we've experienced sin, then you understand it. Once you've experienced it, then you understand it. But after we understand sin, it's too late. Now we got to deal with the consequences of it. For example, I don't understand murder. Why somebody would want to do that? But if I went and did it, I would now know what it's like. I would now understand it. But now, I have taken somebody's life. And now there's a good chance that I'm going to be going to prison. And now, not only am I going to understand murder, I'm going to understand life behind bars. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to understand that. I don't want to figure out what that's all about. I don't want to know what that's like. I don't want to understand those things. But after we understand sin, a war begins to take place inside of us to do two things. is either repent of that sin. When people sin that first time, they feel bad. They feel guilty. You know what that is? That's God. He's trying to tell you, hey, you need to repent of that sin. And listen, God will forgive you. No matter what sin you commit, God will forgive you of that sin. But like we talked about last week, He's going to say, go and sin no more. And he wants us to repent of that sin. He wants you to turn from it and never look back and never do it again. He wants you to stay away from that sin and, and you can do that. God can give you victory over that sin, but if you've committed it, there's always gonna be also inside of you that desire to do it again. People think, I just wanna do it one time. It doesn't work that way. After you've done it one time, and some, listen, some sins do bring some Temporary pleasure. It's just it's like a drug. You think I just want to try it one time. I want I want to experience getting high one time. And they go and they do it, but they rarely just do it one time. Almost never do it just one time. It's like, man, that that wasn't so bad. No consequences. Nothing really happened. You know what? I'm going to try it again. But you know what? I'm going to do a little more this time. I'm going to see if we can take it to another level. And then Man, you know, I'm going to try to get out, but this is it. After this, I'm done. But I, I want to experience this. And it just keeps going in deeper and deeper and deeper. And pretty soon, you hear about a ODing. And it's sad, but that is the way sin works. And when you do it that first time, you lose your innocence. And there's a part of you that wants, that wants to repent. And hopefully you do. But there's another part of you that's like, you know what? You... I'm going to try it again. And you know what happens? You start to build up a tolerance for that sin. It's just like one of the reasons teenagers get in trouble a lot of times with alcohol poisoning and stuff is teenagers, they don't know when to stop. They're not experienced in drinking and they just go crazy with it and they almost kill themselves. You hear about it all the time. When we lived in Utica, a kid right in our town that happened. They were at a party and he just, young kid, didn't know when to stop. And almost, or he did die. Actually, that that kid did die, and that happens all the time. And what hap, what? But most people, though, with things like that, or with drugs, they they're careful, they're gradual, and they learn to build up a tolerance to it, is what they call it, where they can handle a lot, and maybe they don't get in as much trouble. But it's it's only a matter of time; it's eventually going to get everybody. It just might. It takes longer for some people, and sin is the same way. We build up a tolerance to it, and when we do that, it, you can get to where you don't feel bad anymore. You can do perverted, disgusting things, and it won't bother you anymore. And you may even enjoy it, but the consequences are still going to be there. They're going to be huge. The consequences for Adam and Eve were devastating. It was horrible. Once the innocence is lost, it cannot be regained. The Lord can forgive us, but complete victory, complete victory over that sin is not gonna come until we have our glorified bodies, and that's not gonna happen until the Lord returns or until we go to heaven. That's not, that's not gonna happen until then. There's always gonna be a part of you that remembers, and there's always gonna be that temptation to maybe go back and try it again. Maybe just go, you know, I got away with it that one time. You are more likely to do it the second time than you are the first time. That's why some sins are so dangerous. You think it's just one time. It, you are, I mean, it is proven fact. Whatever it is, whether it's uh, committing adultery, whether it's doing drugs, whether it's stealing or anything, whatever it is, you are more likely to do it the second time. That's why you don't ever want to do it that first time. It's bad enough to do it the first time, but if you do it once, more than likely you'll do it again. You don't have to. But it's going to be hard. You think, well, I just, I want to, I want to experience it because I'm tired of dealing with the temptation. I want to see what it's like and then I'll be done with it. You think it's tough dealing with the temptation now? It's going to be twice as hard after you've committed that sin. It's going to be twice as hard. It's just, it's the way it works. Well, let me just get going, get my fill of it, and then I'll never do it again. No. You will, you can never, ever get your fill of sin. It, you never can. Sin. Our flesh is never satisfied. That's why you do everything you can to stay away from it completely. There's a great price that comes with the knowledge of sin. And with the gaining of knowledge, when we gain the knowledge of sin, then there are some things that we lose. and we lose freedom in certain areas. We lose freedom from the effects of sin. James chapter 1 verse 15. James 1:15 says, "Then when lost, hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Lust, that's that desires of the flesh. There are sinful things that we naturally desire. What? And when lust is conceived, if we allow that lust to produce what it wants to produce, it produces sin. We commit that sin. We do that thing that we are desiring to do. And then sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The end result of sin is always bad. It's always bad. But if you never do it, you have the freedom from the effects of that sin. I don't ever have to worry about becoming a drug addict or an alcoholic if I never commit that sin of trying it the first time. I thank God I grew up in a home where I was taught about the dangers of those things. I'm not saying this bragging at all. It's uh, it's by the grace of God. Uh, I give God all the glory for it. You know, if anybody on earth gets any glory for it, it's my parents and the people that I had that taught me. But I thank God that I've never I've never touched that stuff. I thank God for that, and I'm not I'm not bothered with it. I'm not tempted with it. I I've, I've never had to deal with the consequences of giving it getting a DUI, and I'll never have to worry about that if I never take that first drink. I've never. Had to deal with the, you know, the consequences of the guilt of knowing that maybe I did something terrible to my wife or my kids while I was under the influence of alcohol or while I was high on drugs. I've never, I've never had to deal with that, those consequences because it's, it's never happened. I don't even have to worry about it, and I thank God for that. And it's like, it's like that with any sin. I'm, I i do not If I see a police officer, if I, I can go walk in the police station, and I don't have to be afraid that they're going to throw me in jail and not let me out. Because I haven't done anything to get thrown there. I haven't killed anybody. If I, was, if I was a murderer and there was evidence out there and they knew I did it, I'd have to be looking over my shoulder all the time. I wouldn't have the freedom that other people have. It's a good feeling when you go and you're driving along and, and you see that police officer sitting there. And he's radaring people. And you look and you're driving the speed limit. Hey, I don't need to worry. Now me most of the time I hit the brakes just out of just natural reaction. But sometimes I'm not even my wife's like, why do you hit your brakes? You're not even speeding. It's, like just, I don't know, it's just reflex. <laughs> but when you realize, hey, I'm not breaking the law. Have you ever have you ever drove by a police going really fast? Oh man, you panic. You're like, oh boy. Oh boy. I remember one time I was I was driving along and I was following somebody. I did not know where I was. And this person I was following, they, they were booking. And I mean, I'm driving. We're, it was at 55. We're going about 70 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, a policeman comes driving by the other way. And I'm, look, I'm looking in the rear view mirror. I'm like, oh, please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. He started to turn around. And I... I, I do not. Want, I cannot get a ticket. I cannot get a ticket. I cannot get a ticket. And I'm panicking. I'm trying. And, and he's pretty far back. And I'm thinking, no, maybe I can find a road to turn off. But I didn't want to go turn off a road because uh, I was afraid I'd lose him. And I didn't know where I was. And so I'm trying to call him, and say, hey, can we turn somewhere? Because <laughs> I think that policeman's after us. And uh, he obviously got somebody that was behind us, apparently, because he, he didn't. He didn't. He none of us got a ticket. But boy, was I scared. But if I'd have been driving the speed limit. I'd have had nothing to worry about, and uh, the truth is that when we when uh, you keep that when you stay away from that sin, you don't have to even worry about. You have freedom from the effects of sin. You have freedom from the temptation of sin. Okay, now I'm using I'll use I'm using some extreme examples here, but all of us, uh, you know, we've probably you know committed the sin of you know maybe uh, watching. Way too much television, or maybe watching something on television uh, that we shouldn't watch. But yet at the same, and I have yet. I remember one a few years ago, just to see if we could do it. I told my wife, was like you know what? Let's go thirty days without the TV. Just just see if we can do it. I wanted to make sure I wasn't addicted to it. And we did. We went thirty days. And you know what? I'm ashamed to say, it was really hard. (laughs) But did you know? A person who's never had a television, say Amish people. Do you think they're dealing with it? Do you think they're sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, trying to trying to stop themselves from watching television? Do you think they're uh, you know having problems watching things that should? No, they don't have that. They they never experienced it. They don't know what it's like. That's why some things you know once you get them, you can never get rid of it. I mean because you become dependent on those things. But people who've never had it, it's not a problem for them they're not even they're not even tempted with it that's why you uh, i mean and there's some freedom that comes with that of knowing they i don't even have to worry about this but just uh, but uh, just like i said you cannot become addicted to a drug or to alcohol if you've never tried them and go and a person whose mind not body has been filled with the filth of this world is gonna suffer greater temptation than somebody whose heart and mind is clean and's not seen all the filth. I mean you think about it, I mean we see there's so many sins that we don't even have to commit, almost to understand, because we see it on television all the time. I mean we're desensitized to things. I mean we see you can't watch T V for five minutes. Before you see somebody get killed. Or see somebody get murdered before you can see, you know, the nakedness and all the junk that's on there and Young people today, teenagers, are being tempted to do things that most of you in here never even thought about doing when you were a teenager. They Because you didn't know anything about it. There was a time where they, uh, they weren't allowed to show all that junk on television. I mean, you hear the language that comes from the mouths of little kids sometimes. I mean, I've heard little kids say words and it's when I was when I was that age, I didn't know those words. I I, I didn't know anything about it. I so therefore I wasn't tempted to say those things because I didn't even know what they were. And people today, they've got so much knowledge of sin because we see it so much on TV. It's not. I mean, there are many while they've never made committed certain things, they could definitely imagine themselves doing it. They can imagine themselves killing somebody. They can imagine, you know, they can imagine stealing. They can imagine committing some kind of act of violence on somebody. In fact, they're struggling not to do those things. You know why? Cuz they've seen so much of it on television. Some of the music that people are listening to today just the violent, vulgar music. I was at the gas station the other day and some guy comes pulling up and man, he's blaring his he's blaring his rap music. I mean, it's loud and just the language was terrible, and he, you know, he leaves, you know, the radio running, and goes in the gas. I'm sitting out there pumping gas, and I'm having to listen to all this profanity. And I thought, I'm going to show that guy. As soon as I get done pumping my gas, I had some music, I had some Christian music going. I was like, I'm going to crank it up, I'm going to roll my windows down, I'm going to let him hear that a little bit. And so I'm, I'm pumping my gas, and before, and I'm almost done, and he comes out and left before I could let him listen to any of my music. I was kind of mad, but it just, uh, I thought, how can you listen to that? I mean, that headbanging stuff, I just, I don't get it. I mean, you hear that and I think that would drive me crazy listening to that stuff. But you know what? People get desensitized to it. Not only do they listen to it at the concerts and the parties and things they go to, sometimes they'll put the headphones on and they'll listen to it in bed. How could you fall asleep to that stuff? And now, I mean, people like it so much that now it's even creeping into churches. We're in churches. They've got that head-banging music going on. And you think, good night. I, mean, I I can't handle listening to that stuff. But if I listen to it enough, I could get used to it. I could get used to it. I could even get to where I like it. So right now, I can't imagine that. But I know from experience because it happens to people all the time, and it could happen to me. But I, I want to, I want to be pure in those areas. I want to be clean. I want to keep. My mind clean. I mean, some people today they can't even enjoy these hymns. They can't even enjoy these good, uh, you know, gospel songs that we sing because their head's full of headbanging and stuff, and it's it's a shame. And they, uh, you lose freedom when you get involved in those sins. But gaining the knowledge of sin also comes the loss of freedom from the guilt of past mistakes. You know, even if you do commit. A big crime. You kill somebody. And you totally get away with it. Police don't know you did it. You committed the perfect crime. But you know what? You still have the guilt that you have to deal with. It's still going to always bother you. You're always going to wonder in the back of your mind somewhere, hey, I wonder if I covered all my tracks. You hear those stories about people getting found out 20, 30, 40 years later. You know, man, I hope that doesn't ever happen to me. I sure don't want to have to go to jail, especially after I get old. It's all that guilt is always going to be there, but if you've never done it, then you don't have to feel guilty about it. I don't have there. You know, I'm I'm glad that I can go walk through any cemetery in America, and I can look at any name on the tombstone. I don't have to think. I don't have to feel bad that I'm the one that put them there. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. I don't even want to know what that's like. I like that freedom of knowing I don't have to worry about that. There's something great and liberating in knowing that when reaping is coming for somebody, that you're innocent. I mean, have you ever been? You know, you ever get in trouble with a group? I I remember when I was a kid. I, you know, I'd get in trouble with my friends sometimes, and I always hated it because it was always worse for me than it was for my friends because I had the meanest dad. But uh, I I probably had the best dad. That's probably why it was like that. But I, I remember that there was. I remember a couple times, one example I always give. When I was, when I was a kid, uh, I was at school and two of my friends, they had bought their ball gloves and they were playing catch. And for some reason, I don't know, I didn't have my gloves, for some reason I wasn't playing with them. And while they were playing, they threw a ball and broke the window. And I remember, of course, they got in all kinds of trouble. And I will never forget that feeling I had of knowing that, hey, they're in trouble And I'm not. I couldn't remember any time where they were in trouble and I wasn't in trouble too. Usually, if those two were in trouble, I was I was right there with them, and it felt good to know that hey, these guys are in hot water right now, and I'm not. I remember Jason. He's like that. I remember the first time that all of his siblings were in trouble, and he was the only one that wasn't. Man, you you just see it, man. He was loving it. (laughs) He was loving it. Know that hey, I don't have to worry about any kind of punishment. I was there, but I remember another time when there was a window broken with one of those same friends. And I was involved. I was the guilty party. And I remember uh, we we rented the house. And I I remember the landlord, he came and talked to my dad. My dad came to me and said, Tommy, did you shoot the windows in the corn crib with a BB gun? And I had to tell him yes. He said, well... Landlords outside. You need to go talk to him and tell him. And you need to tell them you have to pay for it. I'll never forget that feeling. It was horrible. It was horrible. I went out there and I bawled my brains out. I mean, I bawled. I was, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. i You know, he was real nice. You know, he gave me a hug. Was, oh, you know, he was he was probably too nice to me. But man, it was a horrible feeling. I for the next for for months if. I saw him coming. Is that we lived at a farmhouse and that he worked on the farm there? If I saw him coming, I went inside and hid. I was scared of him. I was scared of him. He might change his mind, and want want money out of me or something, you know? Because I felt I was guilty. I felt guilty because I was guilty. It was a terrible feeling. And when we don't do those things, we don't have to. We don't have to feel that. And what a wonderful thing that is to know that hey, I, that I'm innocent. I didn't do it. I remember there was one time a mom. Uh, of one of the kids in our school had uh, her kids told their mom I had done something and in this case it was a lie it was not true at all and I remember my dad came to me and he asked me, he said, Tommy, did you do this? and it was one of those questions and I knew my dad well enough that when he asked me that question, that if I said yes I was dead meat I knew it and I was still, I remember I thought cuz usually when he came to me like that I was guilty. But I remember in that instance he asked me and at first I was scared then also I'm like No that that didn't happen. No no I didn't do that. No, I'm not guilty of that. And it was a great feeling I was able to honestly tell him, "Dad, that was not me. That never happened. I'm innocent." And it was true. And it was a good feeling. It was a great feeling No, I was innocent. And it, it always is. But when we gain that knowledge of sin, we lose the freedom from accountability. There's a difference between a father who uses profanity and maybe a ch- young child who's not been taught any better. Some of these little kids, it's terrible that they're out there using that kind of language. But you know what? I said, a lot of times they don't know any better. Little kids, cussing. And it's just sad because these kids are already losing their innocence at a young age. But you know, after we understand it, after we've been taught it, God expects some things from us. We're going to be accountable for those sins. I mean, we see some of these young kids, little girls these days, the way some of them dress, it's just it's it's terrible. And it's what the world's teaching them, and their parents aren't parents aren't teaching are they're, they're they're teaching them the Dress in sensual ways, even at young ages, and you see that. And you know it just it makes you, it makes you sick. It makes you sad that they do that. But at the same time, they don't understand what they're doing. Listen, as Christians, we under We ought to understand more than anybody what the impact of sin is and how destructive it is. And I believe God expects more from us than He does from the world who's never been taught. We we are not. Uh, God wants us. To stay away from that. We are accountable. The sad sad thing is though, even though there may not be the accountability in some of these situations, the effects of these sins are still the same. And still an example I got from Brother Gomer last night. If you, you you teach try to teach your kids at a young age not to play with fire, don't you? Why? Because it hurts. Now, if you really sometimes it's hard though. Sometimes you have to tell them over and over again. But you know what? There is one way I could teach my kids not to play with fire. I could go light a match and hold their hand over it for a while and burn their hand really, really bad. And let them scream, let them you know, do it enough where it leaves a scar and where it hurts really bad for a long time. And they'll always know, hey, I shouldn't play with fire. I have this scar. To remind me of that, I know how bad it hurts. But. Is that really how we want to do it? Make, teach them? Uh, we, we ought to want to teach them to where they won't have to experience it. Where they won't have to have the scars that come with sin. There are scars that come with sin. And we, want to, we ought to try to protect our children from that. We ought to try to protect ourselves from that. When man was innocent, there was no need of the law. But when man lost their innocence, the law became necessary. Now, the spirit of the law has never changed But parts of the written law, they have been changed throughout time. That's why there are some things you read in the Old Testament that are in some ways different in the New Testament. But I believe the reason for that is as time went on, man kept getting more and more wicked. They kept experiencing more and more sin. And man began to learn more and more. And now we know more than ever. We've got the entire Word of God. In Genesis... they didn't have any of the written Scriptures. Even during Jesus' time, they didn't have the New Testament like we do. God expects more from us today than He did from anybody else. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, at the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. We ought to know better when it comes to sin. And if you've done those sins... God will forgive you, but you need to repent. You need to turn away from them. If you haven't committed those sins yet, if you're innocent in those areas, thank God for that innocence. Thank God for it, and do what you can to make sure you never, ever lose it. Because if you lose that innocence, you lose freedom in many areas. Don't do it. So with that, let's stand together. Their heads bowed and eyes closed.